You are listening to the Sustainable Transitions podcast, a podcast series where we explore our transition to a low-carbon society, the communities that lead the way, and the people who support them. I am your host, Stephanie Lynn Becker. Today's guest is Dr. Bin Zhu, a researcher at the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research, whose research focus- focuses on analysis of the urban heat island effect. He recently successfully defended his PhD at the University of Potsdam titled On the Assessment of Surface Urban Heat Island, Size, Urban Form, and Seasonality. Welcome, Ben, and congratulations on your successful defense. Thank you, Stephanie, and thank you for your invitation. I'm very pleased to be here. So, uh, for my first question, what is the heat island effect? Oh, well, that's a good question. And simply speaking, the urban heat island effect is a phenomenon where the urban area experiences elevated temperature relative to its rural surroundings. I think it's quite common in all the, the big cities, even the small cities, you can feel this temperature in the city is, is higher than its rural surroundings, and if you own more oppressive in city center around in the rural areas. What first drew you to studying the heat island effect then? Okay, maybe I, f- I should emphasize in the beginning this there are two kinds of urban heat island effect. One is surface urban heat island effect, the other is normally the conventional uh, urban heat island effect. First one, the surface urban heat island effect is based on the surface skin temperature. It's the temperature measured and the surface, the interface between air and land surface, but conventional, the latter one, the conventional urban heat and effect is based on the 2 meter air temperature, this is measured uh, and 2 meters, or where the 2 meters and this air temperature is the temperature we feel, but in my study I mainly focus on the surface the urban heat and effect. Okay, uh, back to our question, what drove me to study this uh, urban heat and effect? I think first of all, I would say I'm very interested in the application of Earth observation satellites and what can we use the data to help us understand this, how the Earth works. So for me, uh, in my case, first of all, I'm very interested in the application of the Earth's observation satellite in the assessment and monitoring of various environment issues. Um, the urban heat and effect is definitely one of the most intuitive and most interesting issues for me, especially under this mega trend of urbanization and climate change. And the heat waves are projected to occur more intensively and more frequently in the future. But that is the factor which drives me to go into this area. And who is impacted by the urban heat island effect then? I think basically we are all impacted by this phenomenon. So nobody outlier, nobody can get away from this phenomenon. But however, the, the elderly people and the children um, are others the most vulnerable to this phenomenon. Do rural people get impacted by similar effects? I think mostly the urban dwellers are impacted. But if, uh, if the city uh, is large enough and then people living in the suburban and per- periphery areas can also feel this elevated temperature. It, it, this phenomenon doesn't disappear immediately uh, after you go across this border between urban and rural, but it has some nature extension and it will just invade the rural areas some, sometimes. Very interesting. What were the main goals of your research then? 
I think one of my earliest motivations and the overarching of my studies to systematically quantify the urban heat and intensities for all European cities. And under this premise, I further gave the influence of city size and urban form on the UHR intensity and how the UHR intensity exhibits seasonal variation, how they change, how they vary the seasonal imprisonment. How did you then conduct your analysis? So my research is based on the satellite observation as I said, I'm very, I'm very just a fan, super fan of this application of Earth satellite, Earth observation satellites. So my research is based on the satellite observations and also data from urban climate modeling. What was your biggest finding? Can you say that this is it? Yeah, I think we are still on the very early age of like very thorough understanding of this phenomenon. But we, we did get some preliminary results. I will say, first of all, we, we find this correlation between urban size and urban heat and intensity. I will skip over the mathematic parts. <laughs> I think it's not, it's not, I think it's not interesting um, for the audience. But we do, we did find this uh, logistic relationship between the city size and the UHR intensity for the all European cities. This is also found by previous studies, but they just conduct the research based on case study. But in our study, we study all the European cities. What was the relationship is it the, the larger the city, the more heat island effect, or how does it? I don't yeah. Know. yeah, yeah, the larger the city is, the uh, more pronounced is the UHI intensity, but it's not a linear. No, no, it's not a linear one, but it's a local logistic. So, in, to, in some regions, this growth will be slower, but after a, for a certain threshold, and it's probably the growth of the UHI intensity could be accelerated to some extent. The temperature, the intensity could, could not increase without any limit. They will get maybe saturated. It's not clear in our study, but it's logic into the physical law. Okay, so there's a point where it won't get any higher. Yeah, maybe this is one of the good news derived from our study. And so, what makes the heat island effect more or less intense then? I think in our study, we find in general the compact and less elongated. Less elongated means rounded. That is, have more intense UHI intensity or UHI. And however, they also show pronounced regional patterns. We find, in, for example, in Mediterranean cities, uh, during summer, the UHR intensity could be negative. That means the urban areas have a lower temperature than their surroundings. So that's uh, definitely very interesting. Yeah, and this is this phenomenon has been found by also by a lot of previous studies conducted, for example, in Arizona, in very arid and semi-arid regions. And it could be due to the artificial irrigation, the urban grading has definitely positive effects on the UHR intensity. So how does city size impact the heat island effect? I think I, as I said previously, and we find this, there is a lot of logistic relationship. I said, simply speaking, it's the larger a city is, the more pronounced, pronouncedly the UHR intensity. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but if you are interested in the detail, you can read my dissertation. So how do fractionality and anisometry, did I say that right? Yeah, anisometry. Okay, <laughs> the heat island effect. The term uh, widely used in the physics or mathematics, you can achieve uh, geometry. Imagine if you have a straight a line, it has a dimension of one. And if you have a rectangle, it has dimension of two. But for the cities, the city has very irregular form. The dimension of a city lies between one and two. So this is fractality. And we use box-counting method. It's very 
very classic way, a method to calculate the dimension or the fractality of a city. And the and anemetry yeah. is in general describe how elongated a city. So the more elongated a city is, the larger is panasymmetry. I can envision that. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. If the city is located along the riverside or along the coastline, the anisometry is quite high because it has irregular, it's like anisometric tension, imbalance in the extension of the city. What kind of city it would be like that, that's elongated? Probably coastline, coastal cities in, in the Mediterranean. Somewhere. So how do the seasons influence the heat island effect? Usually, in the temperate climate zones, they follow some hysteresis, follow some seasonal variation. The Uetrian density gets increased during from spring to summer, and summer, this is for daytime, I would say, for, during daytime, and the Uetrian density gets reaches maximum during the summer and drop during the summer to autumn, and the winter time, the Uetrian intensity has its minimum. In the Mediterranean regions, as I, as I said previously, the, the negative Uetrian intensity could happen, could appear during the summertime, so it has quite complete difference, this is seasonal variation at the cities located in temperate climate zones. British and German cities are cities in the temperate climate zones. So why is understanding the heat island effect important? I think that we, because now we have a lot of study, our discussion are going on how to shape and how to form our studies more climate resilience. I think the urban heat island effect as one of the most important issues in this topic. If we can better understand this issue, this phenomenon, and we can better plan and implement this public policies or try to alleviate to some extent the urban heat island effect. And so what can we do to reduce the urban heat island effect? I think globally, and we can reduce the CO2 emissions from ourselves just to choose public transport as globally and try to alleviate or try to mitigate the climate change. But locally and in anthropogenic heat release can also contribute to the intensification of UH urban heat island effects. So maybe for the regions where uh, air conditioners inevitable, we may set the room temperature to a reasonable scale or to a reasonable level. Don't let this air conditioning, we don't set the temperature to 18 degrees. I, mean, I don't know what the temperature in Fahrenheit is, 18 degrees. I know, I honestly don't know. I, I, don't I heard from a friend of mine and who has lived or who, who is still living in the States and told me that the coldest temperature or the coldest situation he, he has ever experienced is the summer in the States because in the public places, the air conditioners are set to a very low temperature. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it's very, very freezing. So I think to some extent it does make sense that you just to you just wear, just make you feel cold and you, you must wear some clothes to, to keep yourself warm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I used it, to it, take sweaters to the mall. Wow. In Florida. <laughs> Incredible. You know, you put your sweater in the car and you take it, you put the sweater on and you go into the mall. Wow. Because it's so cold that you can't stay in it long without that sweater. Yes, definitely. It's not good for climate. It's not good for climate. And also it will also contribute to the intensification of the urban heat island. I think people should be more environmentally conscious in, in their own behavior. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so uh, is there anything the average person then can do to reduce the heat island effect? If they do as one plant trace in their own garden, except 
if I wanted to reduce the heat island effect, what should I do well, about it? Probably you can balance your, your travel or you balance your trade. And if that trade means you can don't donate some money to that, but that any activities which can help the Earth, who can okay. help to fight against the climate change, could definitely yeah. uh, help alleviate or mitigate the urban heat and effect. They are mutually in, interact with each other. So if I wanted to reduce the heat island effect, I should try to tackle climate at the same time. Maybe I should emphasize that without climate change, the urban heat and effect does exist. Nothing to do, or maybe it's, it's an independent thing. But um, the climate change or the global warming would definitely exacerbate the urban heat and effect. Recent study um, shows that the cost of climate change facilities are estimated to reach one-tenth of the GDP by the end of the century. And once the UHI intensity is taken into account, and that is 2.6 times more than without considering the UHI intensity. If you consider, if, if there is no UHI intensity, there are some costs due to climate change. The UHI intensity will increase, worsen the situation. So do you think that planning for the urban heat island effect is an important part of the transition of our urban geography to deal with climate change? For sure, definitely. But this is not this one of the complex dimensions of the sustainable urbanization transition. And people should also take other issues into account, like social justice. And But this is not my, the focus of my studies. Yeah, I, I do appreciate other the works of other researchers. Sometimes we should also have a balanced thinking way and not only on the completely pure nature science way of thinking, but so focus on other issues as well. Well, thank you very much, Finn, for the interesting discussion. And thank you, Stephanie, and nice talking with you. If you're interested in more of my podcast, stay tuned. I'm just getting started. You can check out this podcast and other podcasts as well as maybe some links to some of Finn's research on my website www.sustainabletransitionsblog.com Thank you for listening.